0: All right, recording. Boom, boom, boom. Y'all ready? Yes, sir. All right. Welcome to the Three Educated Brothers podcast, a podcast about
1: all things education through the experiences of three black men in the field. My name is Edmund Agipong. My name is Mark Pierre. Oh, we doing last names now. My name is Patrick Williamson. (laughs)
0: um we're back we're back and and we're here um to have a conversation around the social unrest and the uprising that we noticed um happening in, in in cities all across the country and the nation um as a direct result of police murders but also as a result of a lot of bigger and larger systemic issues that um black people in particular are, are facing and have faced for for decades and centuries across in our nation so we kind of just want to ha- unpack and have kind of a frank and, and blunt conversation around some of the things and, and just as three men just have a conversation um, about these things and, and kind of see where we end up. So uh, join us for this ride. So t- to kick us off, um, we'll start our margins of Blackness um, segment and our Margin of Blackness segment, just a space where we unload um, before we enter kind of like the, the heavy topics that we're about to discuss for our episode. Um, so I guess I'll start first.
1: Well, well, before we start, let me uh highlight Ed. One of the things that you posted on your Instagram page was around choosing black joy, choosing joy, the mindset, um shifting your mindset towards choosing joy. And I just wanna highlight you, Mark, um, because you had a you had a milestone happen to you during this uh yes, COVID.
2: I did, I did. COVID. I, did. I, did. Um, I did. Can
1: you tell us a little bit about that, my brother?
2: All right, so your boy is officially a married man. Uh um, Today makes, I guess, a week and a day. So we had a, a virtual um, COVID wedding. Um, so maybe I'll go first, Margin of Blackness. It was a great experience. Um, it's been a, it's been amazing. I won't get into too much details, but I'm happy you guys were able to join and see that. I wanna say that with the recent killings of um, Black bodies in America, it's been hard to celebrate and to have joy at the same time, you know? Um, sometimes it feels like those ideas uh, conflate or whatever. So I'm trying to be happy and choose joy in the midst of um, the pain and suffering that's
1: happening uh, to people that look like me and you. Yeah, man, uh, Mark, I definitely uh, feel you on how 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 you're kind of processing things. Um, you know, I, I I found, and probably um, same as a lot of the listeners now, I found that it's it's required kind of this careful balance between staying informed enough. Uh, to know what's going on, to know where you can allocate your resources, um, to know how to support the cause and be aware of what's unfolding literally hour by hour um, and also maintaining your own self-care and, and cultivating your energy. You know, like so many toxic things are trying to penetrate the energy that, you know, we need to be able to continue going to work, to be able to continue through these times. Um, and so it, it it just becomes difficult at times to 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 navigate, how much of one thing to give, how much of the other. Um, And then also navigating that feeling of like, am I doing enough? So, you know, I definitely feel you, but you know, having that moment of joy within this, like, and even, you know, you live streamed it. So being able to tune in, um, it's like those reminders as Ed, you know, was pointing out around just choosing joy. Like there's there's obviously things that are going on in this world and we need to play our part in, you know, in supporting and combating you know the the injustices that we see in front of us but at the same time not but and at the same time you know joy is accessible a shift in mindset is accessible um, and we need to always remember that because that's what's going to allow us to keep going yeah
0: you know I hear you Pat it's I think same for me man I've just been trying trying to um like even since last week with with Karen right um the whole Karen is yeah. in Central Park. I, I've been like just trying to focus and channel my energy in the positive because you know when it's easy to get caught up and kind of just like dwell on on the negative and the challenges that we have in life that so many of us face um and I think for me um and it might be you know a person speaking from privilege and in and, and, and some senses just like having the ability to just kind of like just want to just take a step away from it um and deliberately and intentionally just choose joy and you know, choose the things that I, that I know I have, that I, I can be happy for, and still find other ways to advocate um, against inequities and and um,
1: social inequalities. And you know that, that's the work that we gotta do. You know, we're, gonna, we're gonna keep pushing forward. And they, cause they wanna, they wanna fool us to, to make us believe that everybody has to be doing one form of advocacy, whether it's mm. protesting or everybody has to be donating money and, you know, that's not necessarily the case. You better find what works for you. And, and I think that, and that's the thing, right? So
0: I think social media is playing a huge role in all of this, right? And I think, like, Mark, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I think social media has played a... I mean, social media has impacted everybody's life, period, right? Um, and I think it's playing a huge role in, in this particular thing around, Pat, you're talking about like people, everybody feel that they have to be in the streets, Right if you're on social media and you're scrolling through footage from CNN or you're watching TV, all you're seeing is protests, right. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and, and, and unrest um, in the streets. And if, if you agree with that, I guess, if you're in that camp where you feel that that positionality, you feel like, what am I going to do or what can I do? Right. And I think that, I mean, there are a lot of different lanes for a lot of different people. Right. Um, I don't think everybody, everybody necessarily has to be a protester, but I think that you know we we really got to think about what other ways we can we can support the movement and this unrest if you agree with it and especially if you want to be an ally, right? Because I think allies, you know, I see a lot of a lot of white folks posting a lot of things around allyship, which I can appreciate as well. But for me, allyship is greater than a post. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And allyship doesn't only don't doesn't necessarily have to be at the forefront when you know when there's a major unrest by Black people in the streets, right? Where you know. I appreciate your allyship now, but where was your allyship a month ago when you know when it, none of this was in the news or in the media? You know, what does that look in, in, in your in
2: your field? You know, yeah. I think I think like it's interesting, right? Because we jumped into this early, um, but when it comes to protesting, it seems like we've been conditioned to think of it as a one way modality, right? Mm-hmm. That to protest means to be outside on your feet, screaming signs, you know, images of tear gas, uh, you know, tension, right? But protest takes form in different kind of ways, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that like, I wonder if we just started out with like, is it, is this an obvious reason like why people are protesting, right? And I think we could talk about how are people protesting? Maybe how are we protesting, right? Cause I think that like me, posting pictures on my Instagram of my marriage is me protesting, right? Because I'm choosing politically to choose joy instead of, right, choosing to address the situation in this kind of way, right? I think joy gets to also be political as well, too, you know? Um, Choosing not to protest in that way is also a form of protesting as well, too, you know? And I think what I hear us saying is, like, Black and white and in between, right, that what makes today different than other days or this situation different than other days is that it's a it's a call to action. We are calling each other, like, unfortunately, in some ways out, but it's a way
1: to be called in. I agree. And sometimes I think about, you know, the privilege that we have, even if it's just the privilege of knowing the meal that you know, knowing our next meal or having shelter. Um, there's like, I was out in Massachusetts in Boston. They had a protest where we marched to the state house and, you know, amidst the march, there was the, like, I, I felt, um, the fact that like this, the urgency that I feel is not relative to my physical body. Like I'm Mm -hmm. not where, like, I know where I'm going after this. Um, and there's others who their physical bodies mm-hmm. at stake right now. Like, and, and, and so when you see images and, and that's the other thing, like, you know, we know that the media, a lot of it is clickbait, um, And I'm thinking about the protests that happened in Boston. You know, it was from three to 9 PM was, was peaceful protests, peaceful walking in the streets. And then once it turned dark, some folks had a different mentality in terms of like lighting police cars on fire, um, you know, breaking into stores and, you know, I'm not here to say that that is not what you should do. Because again, I'm sitting in this position and I'm trying to be critical of my own privilege um, to say, oh, that's not how you should be protesting. Like, why would there be a correct way to protest? Um, And then like, as we were walking too, you see on the side streets that cops are like lining the side streets, letting us protest, um, but like still being there. And there was this weird kind of dichotomy where it's like, bro, what is a protest if we're being escorted by the police you know what i mean and mm-hmm. like you see a lot of videos of policemen being like i'm going to march with you too and like the crowd cheers and it's just like that's that's not a protest to me anymore that's kind of like you know what i'm saying yeah, and, yeah. and that's a strategic move by the um, police departments to to kind of diffuse by joining
0: yeah man i think even let's let's talk, let's take a moment to talk about like how we got here in the first place right
1: mm-hmm.
0: like the, re- the recent like the 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 protests and unrest—I mean, it's—it's it's been exacerbated by the recent killing, um, and the recent death in, in Minnesota, right, by, by by a police officer. Also, you know, we had the Ahmad issue um, in Atlanta that happened in February, but we're now it's gotten more media and social media attention over the last couple of weeks. And then we have the Breonna Taylor um, situation. These are all things that are that are that are in the psyche of of, of everybody, I would say. Um, specifically, Black people over the last maybe about two to three weeks, right. On top of that, we have a pandemic, hmm. right, a public health crisis that is affecting the entire country. But we notice that people of color, specifically Black people, are um, are, fi- are having more, many more challenges than other people, and are dying at higher rates, right. And even if you're a Black person that and you haven't like directly been affected by COVID you just reading the statistics and and about people in other cities or or learning about, you know, what is this doing to the Black community across the nation? It's it's a challenging taxing toll. And all of that just stems from a history of police brutality, systemic abuse, systemic inequality, and, and, and inequities. And I think we're at a point now where Black people are just like fed up, right? And it's not just because of the, of, of, of the, of the, it's not just because of the police killing. I think that is what kind of sparked a lot of this, but people are just tired, you know, and we talk about police brutality, right? And, you know, we, we look up, we we can look up a name of, of folks who have lost their lives by the, at the hands of cops just last year, there were over a thousand killings by police officers on duty across the nation, right? Mm -hmm. But last year, a thousand killings. So imagine how many assaults Imagine how many brutalities. Right. Imagine how many um just blatant disrespect and abuse of power and abuse of the shield, right? It's just that number is probably beyond just growing exponentially.
1: And right? even even the ones even the ones that we know of, you know, had they not had a camera out, had they not recorded right. for their own right, you know, we we may not see the results that we're seeing.
0: Right. So I think everybody comes to this point. And this unrest from a different space, particularly based on your personal experiences with police, with systemic inequality, because dep- depending on how traumatic and dramatic the abuse is by the system, by the police, you're going to be have a different level of enragement, right? And we're talking about, you know, you know, we're talking about protests, we're talking about unrest, and people are talking about looting. And it's a reality, right? Number one, I think, There are plenty, there have been plenty of, I mean, in Minnesota in particular, they're talking about like how there's been police officers who are, who have been like caught on camera being the ones to start inciting some of this looting and some of this damage, right? I think in other cases, I I saw a video of in New York City last night where they were looting down and they were, you know, uh, stores in Soho were being kind of average and, you know, and the looting didn't look like, I mean, obviously there's everybody, folks out there for personal gain, right? It is what it is. And those people are going to be those people regardless of the situation or the circumstance. But then for me, the looting, I saw people going into a Best Buy store just throwing cell phones out to the crowd, right? Like I'm going into the store not to take cell phones for myself. I'm going to the store and like, I'm kind of saying, fuck the establishment, yeah, right? A Best Buy store, a Gucci store is in New York City is nothing to the entire corporation organization. So for me, I, I see the looting as kind of a, a big middle finger up to kind of capitalism, right? Because while all these corporations and 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 um and people, like not just corporations, but people are have like you know this network of billions of dollars, you know there's so many people in this country who work, effortless, you know all the time, you know what I mean, and still have nothing.
2: Yeah, I think that it's interesting, right? Because in times like this, I think we fail to ask sometimes, right? Well, why are people looting and rioting? Mm-hmm. So, and the, the the surface answer becomes like oh like well people are upset because uh this person well, in this case, in this case we have george, george, uh, george floyd right was um uh murdered by a police officer and that becomes like visceral and, 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 and it's like what we call a modern-day lynching right mm-hmm. and i think yeah. people don't understand that there are these covert ways in which white supremacy functions that feeds into that system, right? So, like, I think that people are mad not only, right, because of of, of this 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 public um, lynching in some ways, right, but there is all these that kind of feed into it, right? So, everything from like, you know, um, forty five, right, police uh, mm-hmm. brutality, right, housing discrimination, right. People are looting right, it's simply a byproduct, right, of structural oppression. It's not because I think that people don't, people don't do these things because they got nothing better to do, right, I think it's coming from a place and I think that the media often, 45 included, right, and powers that be, focuses on kind of like the product and not what feeds into the
1: product. And you Um, you bring up such an interesting point because even in, you know, in the conversation of white allyship and co-conspiracy, even in the support that I see my white friends posting, there's an element of kind of um, colorblindness in a way in the sense of like good intentions, but without historical literacy and without understanding of, because Mark, what you're referring to is kind of like, you know I'm sure folks have seen that diagram where it's like an iceberg and you see the part of the iceberg that's sticking out of the water, but what's below the surface and like a true understanding of that historical literacy will allow for us to persevere beyond just this uh, spark, right? Every time there's a death, there's a spark. It's very reactionary. And so like in the conversation of how to sustain, the only way to sustain is collective knowledge of our history. That's, you know, that's Ubuntu, that's, you know, I am because we are looking to the past because a lot of times, you know, advocacy is great, you know, and, and support is great. But if you don't have the literacy and the understanding of our history and how this is literally repeating itself from Radio Rahim getting choked out and do the right thing to Eric Garner, to George Floyd, like, where's the difference? Right. And that's part of the frustration that everybody feels. And so, you know, and then you couple that with existing in this world where there is no trust in the leaders of our country, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like a lot of the riots are like, you know, who's really going to? reason with me like if I'm if I'm somebody out in the streets or protesting in my own way who is gonna reason with me that is you know even close to the police force or our leadership because in many ways there's just like this distrust and it's a rational distrust there's been Mm -hmm. lies upon lies upon lies placed on us and we're expected to just sit docile and quiet and accept the lies and wait for it to change but it's like um it's like uh hearing the lion's story. Like the lion's story is never gonna be heard uh and, and truthfully told through the mouth of the hunter. So it's mm-hmm. like we're we're sitting back, but now we're creating our own narratives. We're creating our own stories. Obviously the 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 media is kind of like flipping it and you know, um things like that. But I'm not even here to say um, you know, uh fake news or anything like that, because I think that the media is just a part of it all, right? Like we try to dismiss things as like one off, like, oh no, the media can't trust it. This can't trust, instead of understanding that everything is related to each other, you know, nothing happens in a vacuum. And that's part of the literacy that we need from everyone. And there's something that happens with collective consciousness, or like when things get to the masses where it's like, look, I have my individual morals and beliefs, but then once I start being around other people who could either, you know, take what I have or, you know, Eat, they could harm my loved ones or something like we move different in masses right because there's like there's not really a trust um when it comes to the masses in our immediate circle we move in a certain way but we don't see mm-hmm. the world in as our immediate circle and and again it's 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 rational not to because look at look at leadership yeah
2: i think that you're getting at like our next question here right what you're making me realize is that from the protests, what we can begin learning right or what People can do, especially white folk, because they want to be part of the solution a lot, right? That is to look internally about the work that we have to do, right, or mm-hmm. uh, they have to do instead, right? So, yes, you're not you're not overtly um, doing what what happened to uh, George Floyd and Eric Garner, right? But in what ways, right, um, is your privilege allowing you, right, to maintain like white supremacy, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you call the cops. For all we know, right? Maybe you, maybe you have, maybe you are um, on the agenda, right? There's the good cop versus bad cop theory, right? Things like that. Maybe you, maybe you are part of gentrifying neighborhoods, right? I think that, like, I think that the protest, right, gives us a mirror to look at, especially those who are um, aligned with the oppressors, right? To look at the self and be like, hey, like, where do I stand in this, right? Um, and if And I think that sometimes, like, although you don't have to say anything, right? I think it gets to be like a mirror. I hope that makes sense what I'm saying.
0: Nah, man. I'm just, I'm just, I'm listening. I'm taking it all in, man. And I'm just thinking, like, you know, I'm I'm just trying to think about my trajectory and all this, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I I remember Trayvon Martin, right? Mm. And Trayvon Martin, 2012, almost eight eight years ago, um, this past February. And that was like the first time where it was like, "Yo," in in my lifetime that I that I was able to participate and also like be able to like be critical and think about the world and how po- folks are gathering for one cause. And I think that was a pivotal moment in, in, in our lives. That's like you know that that inside the Black Lives Matters movement, um, you know, um, black pe- black people started um, organizing on on a, on a larger scale as well, and for me personally i think to protect my joy over the past 8 years i've become so desensitized mm-hmm. to, to to the causes of the unrest right because i mean it happens all the time i mean i've experienced it not 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 to some ex, not to certain extent we've all experienced it and i think it gets to a point for me personally where it's like yo if i'm going to just if i'm going if i if i want to continue to be productive if I want to continue to like to, to to have positive mental health, I kind of like I, I need to ignore these things. I haven't seen the Ahmad video. I haven't seen the um the George the, the, the um the George Floyd uh, Floyd video. Mm-hmm. I, I, I refuse to watch those things for my mental, for my psyche because I remember when like when um I remember the Mike Brown um murder. All of these things, these videos, they were I just flip on CNN. I'm like, yo, there's, the videos are just there, flashing by, and it, it, it could be traumatizing.
1: And like in in them showing these videos, you think about how this is yet another example of how we have to relive trauma to Mm -hmm. validate our existence on this earth. We have to relive our trauma constantly for people to understand that we're a human. Yeah. I think
2: think what's like also interesting for me, I think we're just kind of talking here, is that what you said is like, not only do I have to see, witness, and feel the death of like people that look like me, Right um, but I have to I have to show up at work in my full capacity, right yeah. where people um, like white coworkers or non-black coworkers, you know have the privilege of like turning off the TV, turning off the Facebook because like, you know because what, what I realized is it happened to me at Columbia one time I was arguing when I was in school I was arguing with this with this um, this white girl in the debate class. And I was like, are you? I called her racist, and she left the class. She went home. But I told, but but she left the class, and I was like, it's what I'm talking about, right? Like, you get upset, you leave the class, but I can't leave the skin, you know. And I think that people fail to realize that, you know, I don't want to feel this way. Like, I I have no choice but to, right? Like, it, I, I don't I don't have the option. And I admire people I have friends that like are sitting there talking to white people. Trying to get them to get it, you know. Trying to get. I, I, I see conversations of like, oh, like all cops aren't bad people, and I'm just like, yo, I can't even. I be hitting the unfollow button, crazy, like crazy this week, you know. And it's not because it's not because I don't I don't love them any less. It's like, yo, like what you said, um, Edmund. Like my mental health is so important for me to function because I got to go to work the next day. I got to show up for my wife now. I gotta sh- I gotta show up in these different kind of ways, right? I gotta protect my peace, you know. And I think that. That unfollow button is is, is quick now because if I, it's like following following a therapist, right? Like, if I don't, if I don't, if I don't, if I I open myself up, right, to share my experiences with you and you tell me that, yo, like, that was a one off thing, you know, that hurts. Right. Oh, it it really hurts. So I'm with you, Ed, that like, it's a form of protection to be like, you know, I'm not going to go outside. to do this work, I'm gonna just I'm gonna do it differently, you know. And and, and that's me,
0: you know, and that's probably how you feel. But then at the, on, on the at the same token, there are a bunch of people who feel differently. So there's a bunch of people out, out here in these streets just smashing stuff yeah. just because they're so upset. And I, I get that too, you know. Living, you know, there's no. I don't think there's any right or wrong way. Yeah. Right now, because I mean, at this like, I mean, it's always been ridiculous. Right, mm-hmm. but at this point, it's like, yo, you know, um, there's videos, there are accounts, and then cops are never are or very rarely, I'm gonna say never, yeah, never, right, held held accountable for any of this, right? And I think that's also a huge problem, and not just with policing, right? But with anybody who has power within our society, there's 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 an, an inherent abuse of power within our within our society, right? Those who and then you know we talk about cops. It's not it's not you know it's, it, it is individual cops, but it's a, a system of, of policing, right? Right? How cops are with each other, you know how you know in, in in seventeen states, right? Cops can have sex with a woman, uh, you know that 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 is um that is under that, that the woman is under their control without consent, wow. right? And there's no there laws against thing so like we hundreds of years um of, of brutality of, of being brutalized on um, black people in this country um and, and now we're at a point where we kind of i think we've reached the precipice like yo this is this is how we feel so it's, it's important for how folks are going to respond mm-hmm. you know and i kind of want to take a moment to kind of shift the conversation to, to to think about like you know what can we learn from this unrest and the protests that, we, that we've that we seen it across across the country. And then and, and also, like, what are some other ways that, that folks can support the movement? Like if protest is not your thing, what are some other ways that you think you can support the movement?
2: Yeah, I think um, it's important to support the movement. I wanna make sure that we're not also asking black people to do more work, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I think this, and I don't wanna be the person, the black people saying like, hey, white folks, here's how you solve the problem. Because I really believe if you really wanted to know, there's so many resources out there from teaching tolerance, right? Like, just so many different resources out there. Like, if you really wanted to know, it's out there. My, my, if you want to support the work, I want to say, don't ask Black people how to fix the problem that they didn't create, you know? Um, Yeah, I I, I
0: would, I would, I would would agree with that 100%. Yeah. But I do. I do think in many instances, I mean there's so many different systems that that that, that, need, that need work, right But I think on, like, on a larger systemic scale, um, we need to get black people in, in, in positions of power yeah. and, uh, and seats at the table so they can bring their experience and their perspectives alongside others like a very diverse group of folks changing like you know changing policy, but also changing how you know how, how we how we engage in this world, right? You know having a focus on policing. Um, I think specifically, if you want to talk about like specific folks and like, you know, everybody, you know, somebody's like, I'm a teacher, what does it got to do with me? You know what I mean? Or, you know, I work in a dental office, what does this have to do with me? And I think within many of our systems and spaces, there are inequities, right? So what are you doing within your position? Ooh. If you are in an equity, how are you addressing it and not just noticing it yeah. and ignoring it or pretending that it doesn't exist? If you're a teacher in your school and you see that black boys are suspended at a, at a, at a, much, at a disproportionate rate than other people in your school, what are you doing to bring that conversation up to, the, to, to your school leaders? To bring that, that data to their attention to try to, to incite some change, right? I don't think it all, you know, of course we need change on a major policy level, police reform on a very large scale across our nation. But then we think also locally, right? In schools and community centers and cities, um, municipality um, municipalities. We need a lot of reform in all these spaces. And voting is also like voting in local
1: elections, local and state, state elections. It's uber important mm-hmm. um, to a criminal justice reform. Right. In order to understand where your sphere of influence is and what you can take as a next step, it does require this level of understanding the way that you process information understanding your stakes in the game and being real with yourself about it because we exist in a world where you will actually get rewarded for hiding your bias What i'm hearing you mark i'm um, saying and, and you add as well is like you know there's there's a wealth of resources out there if you actually are curious or like if if you're actually trying to deepen your knowledge on you know, racial inequality and the history of oppression in this country, there are a surplus of materials that you can read, right? Um, And so when folks are reaching out and being like, what do I do? I'm just like, not sure. In the back of my head, I'm like, you're using me as a crutch, you know that, right? You know, like you're reaching out to me because you don't wanna do the tough work of looking in the reflection first. You know, we exist in a collective society, of course, but you know, within that collective, we can't be a part of the collective without having an understanding of our positionality as individuals within a collective some people feel on the outskirts some people feel represented and ultimately like you have to have this like awareness of who you're asking to teach you you know and like why isn't it yourself so so when i think about you know what folks can do i definitely think that like looking within and understanding like you know and being real with yourself sometimes we we think about meditation or we think about reflection and we're still not being real with ourselves. Like we're not being real with our complacency in certain areas. I've been complicit and complacent in many areas that I would be ashamed to say out loud, right? But the the beauty of like really doing some self-reflection is you get to sit with your thoughts and nobody sees them, you know? And like sometimes they're ugly, but you're the only one that, you know, has to reckon with them, right? Um, and so that's what it's going to take on a, on a, on a collective level. Um, folks really understanding like, yeah, I'm posting a couple of things, but after I post that, I'm not really thinking about, you know, what to do next. Right. Um, and so we think about what is it going to look like after this, you know, after this uh, uh, kind of influx of consciousness around the issues, what, what, what is next, you know, cause that's where we're left to drive because like, it appears that everybody's down for the cause, but give it two weeks, you know, where did everybody go, right? And, and it, it also points out to the fact that like, a lot of people post on social media as a way to increase their social media clout, to say, hey, I'm aware of this issue and I don't stand for it. It's like saying, I'm not racist. And, and you know, as Ibram X. would talk about, you know, it's not enough to just say, I'm not racist. That to me is tolerance. We tolerate you. You know, we're not asking for folks to say, I'm not racist. We're asking for co-conspirators. We're asking for the active action of saying, I'm anti-racist. I'm out in these streets because I'm anti-racist. Not not because, like, this is just what the crowd is doing, you know? And, like, we're going to see in a couple weeks, the numbers will dwindle. Um, and we're mm-hmm. going to see who the folks that are still here are 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 going to be about the work. And, and, again, Ed, to your point, like, it doesn't have to look like protests in the street. It could be monetary. It could be, you know, reaching out to, you, to 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 people in your circle who may have influence. Like it's it's a consciousness that we're asking for, and that's the difficulty. Is that like consciousness is not something that you can like point out and be like that person's conscious. Um, and we're like we need conscious folk during this time. Yeah, yeah, big time.
2: What, what I'm hearing you definitely say is like, yo, they there needs to be a vulnerability to address the problem at hand first and acknowledging mm-hmm. like what I work to do, you know? And I appreciate, um, the non-black folks in my life who's been reaching out to me on some like, yo, thinking about you, hopeful as well. How can I help? I mean, I got people, I got, I have one in my a job who offers to buy me groceries, white woman. I was like, wow. Like, I don't, I feel complex about that. But the fact that like, I see this feels different. I'm not sure why exactly, but mm-hmm. I see the intention, you know, when I'm working on giving, Yeah. And this, is, and this is personal. I'm not saying we need to do this thing. I'm saying I'm working on giving white, white folks more grace around like this issue. Because I, what, I, what I realized is like, yo, like I don't know, right, what they could do to solve it, but I see them taking like some issues, some, some steps, right, reaching out. Like I'm transitioning here to school now, right? The white folks in my job are about to start their own affinity group to figure out how to support like the black staff and also like the students at, at, at work. Cause I'm tired, right? I'm tired cause I've been doing this the whole time. You know what I'm saying? But it's good to see like, I feel like I'm, at, I'm looking at a fishbowl where I'm like, I'm looking at looking inside the glass um, or the bowl and people are like, oh, okay, cool. Like you could do it, you know? And it's dope to see that kind of ally you know?
0: You know, Mark, you know, I, I hear you're in the center of point where you talking about like Giving, giving white folks some grace and I think I, I've been thinking about that as well because like, like, today I was super, super some some right um, I was super intentional about like t- texting a lot of like my close people today around yeah. like, just how you know how you're just checking in with people because that, that's kind of that's I wanted to be intentional about that today because I, I know it's been heavy on my heart so I can imagine how heavy it's on and I do want to check in with folks right mm. but then like like two white colleagues text me today um, one today and one like Late last week, and that first text I got late last week, I'm like why the fuck they texted me? Like, do they care? You know, um, it's it, it's one of those things where it's like you know we're we're pushing and encouraging folks to do things, but then we all, on our end as well we have to kind of be receptive in some sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I and what I hear from you, Mark, is that you know you're tired, right? right. And I I, I I echo that a hundred percent. And I think you know we have the right to be tired, and you have the right to take breaks and to take a step back. When it becomes overwhelming and 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 tra- tra- um, traumatizing, but I think we, we I mean I don't think you I don't think you're not saying we always have to work, but I want to echo that we we always have to continue to do this work in some capacity, right? And I think that especially us as 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 folks who who are working towards a, a place of consciousness, you know, um, consistently, we have to keep our fingers on the pulse as well, um, and keep folks in check, right? Mm-hmm. Because especially right now in this time where' we're where, 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 where hoping that there's a pivot right in and, 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 and some spaces within our, our nation um we got hold we gotta make we got to be there to hold folks accountable mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. also to, uh, not necessarily to guide folks but to work alongside with folks in order to get the results that we want to get you know I, I think that's one of the only ways that we can see the things that we, that we actually want to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let's let's transition um, to one of our last questions for, the, for this episode in terms of, like, we talked about, we, we opened up earlier, and we, I think we all talked about we're, we're, protect, we're protecting our joy. Um, we're protecting our, our mental and expressing joy and choosing to express joy. Um, you know, my question for y'all is, how are you managing your mental health, like, during these times, specifically during this time when, you know, when you turn to TV, when you open up your social media, all you see is political unrest. Um, you see cops beating black folks in the streets. You see in the picture in, in, in uh, it looked like, it looked like Union Square where the cop was um, two cop cars, SUVs, where it looked like they were about to drive over some folks. Yeah. Um, like Folks are out here in the streets, and police are also using, excess, are continue to use excessive force um, all across the nation. And, and Trump just had a call with the governors today that encouraged the use of excessive force across the
2: nation. Right. So how are we protecting our mentor during this time? For me, you know, um, like I keep not go back to the marriage thing. That's one of those people I talk about all the time. But like, um, that's a source of joy for me. You know, I think that being, I'm so happy to be with a Black woman during this time because the amount of care mentally, emotionally, physically I'm able to receive um, is such a privilege at this time. Right. But also meeting with you all has been, um, that space as well, you know? Um, so I think that having her meeting with you all, my co- I have black colleagues at work, you know, so I'm happy I, in different areas in my life, I have pockets where I can kind of voice like the pain and process some of the trauma, um, I have therapy, all of these avenues I have, and I'm thankful that I have all of these privileges. Right. And even having a home, right. Allows me to be in the context of which the process, right uh so I mean that's what i'm doing i'm I'm, I'm on social media heavy on terms of like it's like it's almost like watching a new episode every hour, like what's next what's next what's next? it's almost unbelievable, you know and i yeah. I feel moved to to like do something, not in terms of like Cause I know when I have a kid um you know ten years down the line, they're gonna ask me like what what were you doing during covid right what were you what were you doing you know during the uh, the protests around George Floyd and um, all of these people, like, how were, how, like what were you doing? You know? And I want to have an answer for them, you know? So although I'm creating space for joy, I'm also
1: trying to find a way um, for action as well too. I appreciate that Mark. And one of the things I want to say is, is, you know, I want to highlight the importance of even being able to not acknowledge when you need to take space, right? Like, this world oftentimes doesn't reward us for the skills that allow for us to persevere. And we have to, through our life experience, just like realize that, you know, I don't need validation for for caring about my self care for caring Mm -hmm. about my health, you know, because the world won't reward you. You have to find that intrinsic motivation. And so even the ability to identify that you need to take space is a step in the right direction. So I want to highlight that. And then also, you know, we talk about it all the time in terms of like, you know, the, the types of topics that we talk about on the podcast and that we, you know, just work in as educators. It, the, like the beauty in this is that what we're advocating for is not beyond the human condition, right? Mm. And when I'm doing work, I, can, I, I constantly am feeling like the work that I do and I get paid for it is aligned to the broader human condition. And like, it's not like I'm a, a TikTok marketer you know, like where, where when things like this are happening, you have to go to work and it feels completely devoid of, you know, the the social advocacy, right? Um, wow. We're in this work and, and we literally have touch points with teachers, with young young students, with, you know, folks who are ingrained in this work. And so, you know, I think that one of the ways that I heal is by bringing my true feelings into work. And I've been doing it a lot lately when, you know, to credit of the Office of Teacher Development in the New York City Department of Education, they have made it intentional in all the spaces, especially during um, remote learning times, to provide space to be like, look, the work, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. How are you, right? And, and being able to have a space like that, where it's also work, You know, and I I feel validated in expressing myself because, again, this is all aligned to the human condition. It's not like we're advocating for anything outside of, you know, feelings of belonging and and being psychologically comforted, you know, like everybody wants that. And so I I think that that's the beauty of working in education. And um, that's where I find my self-care for sure, because we spend so much time at work. And, you know, we've talked about it, how even in remote learning, it feels like we're more busy than we were, you know, when, when we were in, in, in physical locations. And so, you know, if, if that space wasn't provided for us to like genuinely just be like, bro, this is wild and we can't act like it's business as usual. So that's, that's one way that I persevered during this time. Yeah. I think for me, it's just,
0: um, it's, it's choosing joy, you know, and, um, just looking looking for images and, and artifacts that represent black joy. Like I've been I've been listening to Jay Z Heavy, um The mm-hmm. Reasonable Doubt and just like just escaping to that, right? And escaping to things that make me happy and, and trying to catch up with family and also just trying to take time for myself. Just like kinda of sit with your thoughts, right? Because I think the first time in a long time I've been thoughtless for mm-hmm. a couple of days and even mm-hmm. after this conversation I still feel thoughtless. You know, like say more like if, we don't have answers, you know. We don't have the answers. We have a, we have a we have an inherent feeling, mm. right? And as like the research and the scientists and me, I'm like, okay, so what's next? How are we gonna, you know? How are we gonna put the circle in the circle and a square in a square, you know? Logically, what? How do we move forward? And I think that we're just so tired that there's the there's the there's the unrest. And not that there's not a consideration for what's next, but it's just like it's so taxing to continue that, that thought process, right? Mm-hmm. Because if history repeats itself, right? Um, if history repeats itself, we don't know what's going to happen to, to to this to this police officer who they just arrested, right? And it's kind of like you know you're holding your breath until that point. And and if this one if this police officer you know you know gets um, convicted of third degree um, third degree murder. Then, if, you know, if, if he is convicted, that's great. You know, that's great for George George Floyd's family. But then you think about all the other, all the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of injustices that happen mm-hmm. across the nation on a daily day, de- on you know, daily. Is what does that look like? So um, for me, just picking joy, man, and then just trying to control what I can control, and being happy in the moment, and, and being intentional about what projects I'm working on during the summer and where I'm giving my, my, my effort and energy to and, 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 and wanting to work with schools and school districts and teachers who are trying to reimagine your school for next year. Um, mm-hmm. remote promote learning if that, is, if that continues to be a reality. I'm just trying to to use my skills and my experience to kind of just still make the shifts that I know I can make um, while still trying to digest what's going on um, in, in our current context, if that makes so, any sense. That, yeah.
1: absolutely My brother. So so as we close out in in place of our footnotes or as an adaptation to our footnotes, I'm curious if we could just go around and say either a word or a phrase that we kind of hope to manifest into this coming week, you know, because these days it's week by week, you know, day by day, hour by hour. So um, if there's anything that you would say in terms of how you hope to carry yourself into this week. What would it be? One word, Pat? A word or a phrase or a what Jay-Z. Hashtag, what hashtag,
2: hashtag? What hashtag?
1: What what a hashtag.
2: Or a hashtag. Um,
0: like being black is lit. Still. Mm. You know?
2: Yeah. Right? Like we,
0: you know, we still dope. That don't change nothing. But you know, there's still a lot of work to do for everybody else. You know what I'm saying?
2: I think uh, my hashtag is uh Black Lives Matter. Mm.
1: I think I, I I put this hashtag on social media sometimes, but my hashtag would be hashtag look how you look. Mm. And I just think it, you know, a lot of times we just not really looking at how we looking from all angles, you know, and from all diverse groups of people. Just look how you look, make sense of it. Because until you make sense of how you look, <laughs> you know, that's not our duty. Figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> so as we close out, we always want to do our pub. You know, we, we love to have um, this this community element to, what we do here on the podcast so we just want to say um if you like what you hear follow us on instagram at three educated brothers the number three brothers with an a s um and 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 also if you have any inquiries that you want to reach out to us about you can reach out to us at our email info at three educated brothers.com and just to add um i think it's only right that we um end the podcast
2: with the hashtag Say their name so i'm wondering um, You know, before we wind down, uh, can we just like popcorn style, just call names of people that have been um killed by the police? Um, and then we could fade out that way. I'm going to just go first. Uh, George Floyd.
1: Eric Gardner. Laquan McDonald. Philando Castile. Walter Scott. Alton <laughs> Sterling.
2: Rihanna Taylor, Bottom Jean, Jermaine Reed,
0: Michael Sabby, uh, Dominic Hutchinson, Maya Hall, Akai Gurley, Tamir Rice,
2: Peter Gaines, Michael Dean.
1: Natasha McKenna, Trayvon Martin, mm.
2: and I think the list definitely goes on. We can go on for hours, unfortunately, or minutes. Um, but I guess, in the words of um, Marielle, right, it's important to have hope, and I'm hoping for the day where the list uh, ends. will
1: with us.